Hello and welcome to episode one of Into the Garage with me, Ollie Parsons. Thank you very much for joining us on what is the first of many episodes to come, which will be all things UK Garage. Now, before we get started, just a quick uh, mention to make sure that you follow us on all the main social media channels at Into the Garage UK, where you can keep up to speed with when our podcasts are going to be coming out, as well as um, checking out our guest mixes and all UK Garage news. Now, I'm really excited to be welcoming our first special guest onto the show today. It's UK Garage DJ and producer Isaac Green, better known to most of you guys as Zephyr. Now, Isaac's um, career has really taken off in the last year with the launch of uh, his own label, Steppers Club. Isaac, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, how are you? I'm good, mate. How are you doing? Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Yeah, really good, mate. Um, it's good to get things started, obviously, with you. Um, I guess I'll kick straight into it. I wanted to know, uh, how did you sort of get, get into garage music? Uh, what was your inspiration and everything? Yeah, I had, I had a bit of a funny route into it, to be fair. Um... Like I basically, but before going to the university, I hadn't really, um, uh, hadn't really delved too much in, into sort of dance music any more than sort of just hearing it at house parties or going out to a club or whatever. Um, but I'd been producing since I was about thirteen, so about it, it was kind of more like um, beats, sort of for for R and B singers or, or rappers or that sort of stuff. Um, and then yeah, going to uni, like I, I was at uni in Durham, which was sort of just on the on the doorstep to Newcastle, and there was quite a big sort of raving scene um, in Newcastle. And I, I started going out a little bit there and sort of getting into like drum and bass, um, and it was sort of more baseline then, which obviously is, is sort of the, this new wave of garage is sort of sort of quite a few a bit of the fan base baseline have sort of started to shift across to that, I think. Um, so yeah, I started basically messing about with these genres in my productions and like seeing if um, seeing if I could get something going. And I had about two years maybe of being on Lengo Land, the um, the Facebook group, yeah, yeah. Um, where I was just yeah sending in little clips of things I was watching. If you went back to be fair, you could probably find some like, old, yeah. uh, old old drum and bass videos that I made for it. But um, uh, and then yeah, essentially. Um, uh, I've, I've been trying a little bit of garage, and then um, I chucked. Uh, a tune that's now known as Lavender um, into the group, like a little clip of it. Um, and Nico Singh, who's um, who uh, runs Beast Wang, um, he saw the clip and was like really, really gassed about the tune, and it ended up it ended up getting quite a big reception on the group as well. Um, and he ended up signing it that day, and that sort of was uh, sort of a bit of a sudden and sort of unexpected introduction into Garage for me because uh, initially it could have ended up probably being like baseline or, or drum and bass as well. Um, I mean, to be fair, I'm, I'm very happy as I've ended up sort of going down the garage route because, like, especially given like the the sort of older like soul and R&B influence that I've I've had in my music, it's it's sort of a, a bit more aligned with with what you can do with garage um, as as opposed to drum and bass and, and bassline. But um, but yeah, and then since then, it's it's just been kicking on in that direction essentially. So. So when you're talking about, I guess, drum and bass, as well as a UK garage and things like that, who were the sort of, who were your inspirations in terms of artists whilst uh, you were coming up and starting producing and everything? Um, it's, I mean, Virgie's always been a massive one for me. Yeah. Um, like, and I think he obviously is for a lot of people as well. And I think like in terms of where his sound sits, it's kind of like there's, he, he, even when he was making baseline, there was always kind of like a swung element to it, which mm -hmm. kind of, helps that transition through a little bit into the sort of garage sound that he's doing now to be fair 
Uh, Jack Junior was also another big one for me. Um, was a really big fan of his work back in the day. Um, again, sort of does a little bit of both. Um, and then yeah, like TQD, like Fla- Flavor D in particular. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, she's she's obviously somebody like one of the few few producers that sort of encapsulates like all three genres. Um, so yeah, like mainly those guys to be fair. And then I think obviously like. Um, like in the scene now, there's like so many different sources of inspiration. There's like a lot of really good producers that are coming through, um, and especially with events being back now as well. Like I think um, it's uh, it's becoming a lot easier to to actually go out and get a bit of inspiration to then come back to the studio with. So yeah, hundred percent. So uh, next uh, question for you then is uh, obviously you're talking about up and coming um, and getting yourself onto the scene. Where did the where did the name Zephyr come from? Where <laughs> It's a bit of a random one uh, from yeah. sort of the outside, but what's it, what's it mean to you and everything? It's it's actually really boring, but <laughs> um, um, basically, so um, so in in first year at university, uh, I was a little in in, in a duo um, where it was like a producer and singer duo. So I don't know if you've heard of Division. That it's, it's a producer and singer duo that's signed yeah. to. Um, uh, OVO, which is is Drake's label, yeah, yeah. Um, and I I was like a, a really big fan. Of that that it was that sort of music I was producing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like why don't we be like the UK's answer to those guys? <laughs> um, and I was uh, so yeah, I was in this in this uh, this this duo with this this guy um, Chris, really good singer, really talented guy. Um, and we were like trying to come up with names for like what we'd um, what we call our, ourselves as a duo. Um, and we we settled on Zephyr, but it, it was spelt Z E P H Y R, um, yeah, yeah. and that 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 means a breeze. I think it was like a light breeze or something. And obviously, like we we just thought it was a cool word, cool word, and it sort <laughs> of like also like sort of slightly described the sort of music we were making, I guess, because it was quite chill. Um, but then essentially we we stopped working together because he wanted to like focus on uni, and I was starting to sort of make like more dancey sort of music mm-hmm. and like sort of a light breeze didn't really sort of describe <laughs> like th- thumping bass line <laughs> um so um so yeah like he we, we started working together and i was like i'd sort of started to i'd like build up a bit of a a sort of a name for for being a dj like in the area so i was like well look can i keep the name because i, I want to keep doing this even if you're not that bothered about taking music seriously yeah and he was like yeah that's fine um but then i was like yeah i'll, I'll, I'll guess i'll I'll change the spelling of it to, to just something that doesn't actually mean anything. So I'm not, I'm not going, around, going around making club music under a light breeze. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's uh, that, that's how I got it. It's not that interesting, but there is a bit of a story. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you're saying um, obviously sort of first year of uni and going through uni, things were starting to. Uh, started to take off where's the where's the journey gone sort of since then and up towards sort of I guess last year and when COVID hit what what sort of stage were you at then um yeah so I mean th- basically I I sort of had my break like um so I'm, I'm 22 now so mm-hmm. I did four years four years at uni yeah um so I had my break uh like during the summer of second year so like just before third year started so i i then had another like two years to sort of crack on whilst i was still studying which like mm-hmm. i mean for anybody listening that's like just starting to go to uni or still there or whatever it's such a good place to pursue a career in music because the reality is like no matter how 
much people complain about how hard their degree might be the reality is that they're not they're not really that difficult and like you're always gonna have a lot of spare time so it's quite a good place to pursue a music career yeah um, even if you even if you're not not pursuing music um so yeah like I then came back to uni and I was um I had a residency in Durham where I was at where I was DJing every Wednesday with a with a group called Rotate and it was sort of um like a lot of other um people that were sort of like-minded same sort of music taste um, so it was a really good environment to like sort of continue working on my craft and like trying to trying to push push some buttons essentially. So um, so yeah, I, I I up until starting Steppers Club, um, I basically made it my mission to like try and release on sort of as many different labels as I could in the scene because I was like, you know, if I go and essentially like. I think some people get criticised for doing this to be first. Maybe I shouldn't be admitting this. But, um, <laughs> but um, I was like, if I, if I shop around from label to label and then obviously, you know, get a release on one label that might have this following and then a different one that's got this following, then it's obviously going to start to to build mine quite a bit, um, which was sort of like a, a, a lot of sort of a shorter term plan in terms of settling on something a bit more um, sort of longer term. Um and then yeah, like about maybe two, it was December of um, December of 2019. Was um, I'd been in, been in the scene for like six seven months at this point, yeah. um, and essentially like started having like a look around at other people in the scene and like kind of a, 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 a kind of looking at the landscape of the scene as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like it sort of dawned on me that Garage was obviously getting into a really good place again, which is obviously really good to see um but like i think there was there's kind of the scene was perhaps maybe looking for like some people to sort of take a bigger step and like do you know do something different or something a little bit different because i think like for the for the genre to sort of get bigger it needs a sort of a wider basis for it yeah. a, a sort of a wider foundation from which everything can grow up and i think sort of having more labels was, was something that i felt could be a good idea um so yeah i got i kind of got chatting it was initially with um sensor and, and sam Dealey um about putting together our own sort of project that you know we could have a bit more control over the sort of the way that the um the uh the, the music got released as well um so yeah we then then had a period of like six months of doing nothing because we were quite lazy people <laughs> um and then um and then yeah basically um I mean, we we were we were all still releasing on other labels at this point, sort of mm-hmm. still continuing to push on with our career. So like I did I did release with like Strictly House and Garage, Super Size, Strictly Flavor. I did another one with Beast Fang as well. Mm-hmm. Um so like we we were all sort of operating in those sort of circles. Um and then um and then yeah, we got Minister and Opera Down on board as well for yeah. for the launch and they've both become like integral members of it um since um and then yeah um the, the label ended up launching pre- pretty much a year ago right now um oh well, yeah it might be like a, near, near enough a year to the day you know yeah. that's quite funny <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah then then obviously had fourth year at uni which is the year that i've just had then mm-hmm. obviously continuing to like try and push on and sort of break into the sort of higher echelons of the scene but then also then having this this sort of brand to push as well, which is basically being like starting another like second career from scratch and then pushing that. So, um, but yeah, no, it's been it's been satisfying to see yeah um, what it be- what it began as and what sort of what what we're hoping it will eventually become. So, yeah. So you say uh, you had the step step is good the idea of it quite a bit before um, it actually launched, and obviously mm. between 
between that, I guess we had a, the start of COVID and lockdown one and everything. Mm. Um, during that, what were you doing? Was it all Steppers Club? Was it producing? Was it a mix? Or was it not doing much at all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I t- to be honest, actually, like the start of lockdown, like, um, like I'd, I'd obviously had this kind of... Um, this entrance into the scene where like a lot a lot of people will get into it where they'll they'll kind of work a lot on on their music and sort of make quite a big backlog of music before starting to release so that they don't sort of catch mm-hmm. themselves short i was the complete opposite like i finished that tune it got released like a week later and then i had no backlog at all so <laughs> i was like oh, I, need, I need to crack on now so the first like six months of like trying to push on with it it was a bit hectic and i was basically like getting a tune done and then trying to release it as, sort of as soon as i could um, and in that kind of like sort of fre- frenzy of of constantly making stuff and then releasing it immediately, like I kind of realised I hadn't really um, sort of settled on some sort of a sound that I could was sort of distinguished distinguishably like me. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think with most of the big people in the scene that you listen to, you can kind of tell that it's their tune within yeah, like the yeah. first few seconds of listening to it. And I was like, I don't really have that, so I want to work out like when when people like hear a tune, what's going to make them say, oh, that's that's effort that they're listening to. Um, so that was a big thing for me. Was like a lockdown. That was the first time where I was actually able to like sit down and breathe a bit. Mm-hmm. Be like, right, okay, like let's get a, a get some more material and better material done, but B also sort of try to like carve out a bit of a niche that like I think I can sort of you know go down long term and offers the scene something a bit different. Um, and then, yeah, on top of that as well, it, it was like a lot of preparation for um, for like launching the label. Um, like, believe it or not, like the 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 uh, the ease of which it took to get four finished tracks from the, the rest of the group, and it took about six months <laughs> to get anyone to make it. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, but yeah, no, that yeah, Steppers was a big part of it, big part of my lockdown as well. Like, I mean, one thing that was really important for us was like getting the branding right making sure everything looks really good like I had a good identity like it was sort of because I think um like there there are there sometimes I see a release maybe if and it, it, if it doesn't have the best artwork I kind of lose yeah. interest in, in yeah. clicking on it and we were like you know what let's get these basics right mm-hmm. so this is going to then stand the test of time and make sure the branding's on point everything looks sick mm-hmm. um and then all we got to do is get the music right and eventually it will grow sort of you know in the long term and that, that was part of the reason why um like we we were kind of busy working on it from you know March, February March time of of 2020, and we obviously didn't do the first release until August, and a huge portion of that time was just going through um, designs for for the graphics and just getting getting exactly what we wanted for it. So um, so yeah, that that was that was quite a big part of it as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember when uh, Steppers Club was sort of about this time last year when you were sort of first getting it out, and uh, yeah, there was that video, wasn't there? Um, sort of the launch video the yeah, sort of yeah, tv yeah. screen yeah and was that yeah sort of what what you wanted to get right first off and uh what how yeah. you wanted to go into the scene with sort of those graphics all perfectly set up yeah i mean so first we've got to give a huge shout out to tommy aka drac um who uh is such an integral part of of the label now mm-hmm. um and so he's he's responsible for all of the all of the graphics and everything um so we were basically sort of worked out at the beginning that like um like for the first release that we did like we were obviously a promoting release but we were obviously b also promoting the fact that this label now existed so it was like okay we've we've got two things to promote here we've got a label launch and a first release so that's that's gonna take quite a bit of effort yeah 
Um, so we, I, I kind of thought, well, if we, if if all, if we just announce label and then release a, release a track a week later, um, that's kind of gonna you know stick us out of there immediately. But it's not really, there's not really going to be any sense of hype or whatever. And it's it's not very often that like a new label appears in in the genre. Um, so yeah, we basically thought, right, well, why don't we push push it through all of our different audiences quite hard um and um like essentially try try and work off the fact that we've all got our own individual followings and then and then you know do a really gradual build up so that we end up sort of teasing it as long as possible and building that anticipation um and then leaving us in a good position when the the tracks when the first project does actually come to release then then actually have a bit of a following already and we we won't just be releasing it to you know, to the sort of big open ocean without mm-hmm. any chance anybody's going to see it. So, um, so yeah, I think we we left about, I think there was a, a good six or seven weeks in between announcing the label and the first release coming out. Um, and I think even before we announced it, we did have those TV teaser videos. Um, and we got each individual person to like post the TV thing yeah. um, from their social to tease it. And then obviously all their followers would see the page and the next person would see all their followers would see the page. Um, and then, yeah, like in terms of like having the graphics on point as well, like, um, I mean, it's, it, it's probably a bit, bit, it might sound a bit cringy to say it, but like when I do a release, like I feel like you're trying to tell a story a little bit more. And I want to mm-hmm. like, think something that's quite important for me with the label was like, maybe what I didn't like previously in the scene was that most of the releases that you do with other labels, like you'll sign the track to them um, and then you get on with your life and the, tr- the track comes out like three months later and then you say, oh, I've got a new song out and then that's the end of it. And I think for all of us, we were like, well, we want to have a bit more control over like um, the sort of creativity surrounding the release. And that's why we do all these little videos with, with, with all the releases that we do now and there's always a bit of a theme to it. Um, so yeah, we just thought like for, for the sake of like, um, you know, not giving anything away or whatever, we would do these teaser videos where it was a little bit cryptic as to what was going on and stuff. And then eventually it would then be revealed and then we'd promote it and then the music would then come out. So it was just about like trying to be methodical with it and then, you know, think it through properly. And then also, um, uh, and then, yeah, make sure everything looked really good as well so that it would catch people's eye, which I, I think I think we managed to do. Obviously, it's going well now. So Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, I guess going back a little bit then, between um, Steppers Club launching and I guess your first live show, mm. sort of Steppers Club, which was um, just the other day, um, this sort of time in between has obviously been really weird. We've had a, we've sort of had another lockdown, but then we've had the times as well where you could actually go into a club or a music venue, but you obviously yeah. had to, uh, you had to sit down, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you had to obviously be in a table of six as well. Um, I know you played sort of uh, a, a few table service events uh, around the country. Um, I guess sort of. What did you think of them? Was it good to just be playing, or really, were you sort of? I, I guess obviously you were itching to get the to the uh, real thing, um, uh, playing in front of everyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the short answer is they were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, um, I mean, we we actually we did one in in Sheffield as the uh, Izzy um, but uh, I wasn't able to um, uh, able to make that one in Sheffield that we did back in. I think it was September October. Yeah. Uh, for it was a Can You Cope event. Um, and like, I mean, we we played fairly early as well. Like, we were supporting quite the 
quite a few people in the lineup that were, that were bigger than us at that point. Um, mm. And so we were playing quite an early slot. So like it was it was a graveyard slot, but it was also a grave, graveyard slot of a table service event, <laughs> uh, which is like uh, pretty pretty low down the list of yeah, things you want yeah. to be doing as a DJ. But to be fair, that, that was like the first time we'd all like got together in person and like, you know, done something together. Um, mm. Like I'd, I'd met uh, Sam individually before and I'd met Ned, you know, mm-hmm. Sensor individually before. Um, but I hadn't met Minister at all at that point. Um, it would just be an over over uh, yeah. Instagram that we'd spoken. Um, so obviously, like again, sort of being in person doing that together was fun. But um, I mean, the event itself was like you know, end of the day, you are playing tunes to people sat down having a chat with their mates. So it's, not, it's, not, <laughs> it's, uh, it's never going to be amazing. But um, but yeah, I mean, I did um, I did I did one in Liverpool that was uh, that was good not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah that's where I met you. Obviously, yeah, course, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, Nathan, the guy who runs that, to be fair, mm-hmm. is like, shout, shout out to him. He's like yeah. the, probably the best promoter I've come across, actually, since I started doing this stuff. Um, and that was pretty cool because I think there was obviously, there's obviously a lot of production that went into that event. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's obviously like, you know, I'd, I'd play something with like the fat drop and look up and get really gassed. Yeah. See, it's, <laughs> it's load of sat down people. So it's, uh, it's hard to get too into it. But, um, but yeah, I'm definitely, definitely much. Um, much prefer the uh, the way that events are now to uh, to, the, to the way yeah, that they yeah. were for that period. So. <laughs> so uh yeah as well then what what do you think is next for the sort of wider garage scene obviously we've got yourself and the steppers club obviously contributing to the sort of revival almost of garage and definitely even more so in the past uh, few years. But what do you think is next for Garage? What direction do you think it's heading in? I don't know is the honest answer. Like, it's, it's in a really healthy place. And I think um, it, it obviously depends now on, um, on now that the clubs are open. I think this is sort of like, this is the moment that everyone's been talking about, that, oh, we need the clubs to come back open and see where the genre goes. And it's like, okay, now the clubs are open. What's, what's going to happen? Um I mean, I think a lot of it actually uh, kind of really depends on promoters, to be honest, and how, how brave the promoters are going to be. Like, people like Nathan, for instance, obviously runs, mm-hmm. runs the event in Liverpool. Like, you know, he obviously puts on events with garage lineups, and, you know, that's, that, that, those sort of events are exactly what the scene needs. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just a question about how many people and how many different cities, um, how many Nathans are there going to be that yeah. sort of try and push that? Because obviously, like, I mean, most people, I think I speak for most people in the scene right now that like most of my bookings will generally come where I'm part of a bigger lineup and it's sort of a, a bigger range of DJs that are on it um, in terms of like different genres and stuff. So like whilst you can obviously go to a night that will be all drum and bass or you can go to a night that will be all house music or whatever, like you can't, it's, it's a bit more infrequent that you sort of see like the all garage nights. And I think like to sort of continue to like grasp the attention of like people in the country and push the genre further. Um, it needs to go through the clubs first and like, have people sort of be more accustomed to hearing it before it will then sort of push more into the mainstream. Um, but yeah, I, I'm optimistic about it. Like, I think it's the, the genre's got like a really high ceiling. Um, I mean, I, I think maybe another track with like the same sort of commercial success that Labrick Grove had would obviously yeah, like yeah. that. I'm sure that would obviously be a big boost for, for everybody, you know, even at the grassroots sort of level of the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but again, yeah, I mean, I think um, like more labels is something that I think is really important. Like, really excited by um, 
what the fat controller and and the, the those lot are doing yeah, with their one. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how much they said. Yeah, so I won't say too much. But, <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about what they've got coming. And I, I think if if there's sort of more different um, sort of groups like that, like what we're doing, like what Kiwi do, um, then that will obviously again keep sort of expanding the basis of the genre, and that will then again sort of allow for more sort of producer to come up through the sort of underground of the scene and then sort of start to push on to the next levels of the genre um and then yeah hopefully it'll just it will keep growing and that, that will be good for everybody um but again it's in, it's in a good place now i think yeah even in lockdown like i think of quite a few producers that um that sort of appeared or at least i only became aware about for, for the first time during lockdown that was um, that are sort of now doing really well and as you know getting booked and, and you know going out and doing their thing so um so I'm, I'm optimistic but um but yeah it's just got to keep keep having you know more music coming out and better quality music and um uh, you know i think every, everybody working together as well is quite a big thing like the, the scenes are really like <clears throat> accommodating place to be in at the room at the moment like no, that there aren't really many people with big egos or anything like that. Like everybody's kind of got their head screwed on and is is sort of working together in a sense. So, um, if we keep that sense of community and have everybody sort of keep working towards the, the greater good of the genre, then I don't think there's um, too much of a limit for where the genre can go. So yeah, as I guess we come towards the, the end of the first episode of Into the Garage. Um, just wanted to ask you um, to leave us with uh, perhaps some tracks or uh, mixes to listen to between now and uh, the next episode. Um, you should go and listen to my latest release, which is uh, Soul President, which came out on Wang Records. Um, so that's just cut, yeah, that came out on the Avrex Airwaves 3 compilation, which is a really good one. There's some really good music on that from some other people in the scene. Um, and then Conductor actually just released a key, uh, a mix mm-hmm. called Kiwi Boost, um, which has got an unreleased track for me that um, might be making an appearance on Kiwi later in the year, <laughs> um, which uh, which I'm excited about. But um, but yeah, that that mix is again filled with really good unreleased garage. Uh, if you're a fan of the genre, you've probably already heard it. But mm-hmm. If you haven't, then you've been sleeping under a rock. So definitely. Yeah. Yes, so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'd say uh, I'd say those those two are pretty pretty good shouts. Cracking. Well, uh, thank you very much, Isaac, for coming on. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Sweet. Thank you for having me. Really, really enjoyed the chat. Nice one. And uh, yeah, remember again to make sure you follow us at Into the Garage UK on all the uh, main social media channels, so that you can keep up to date with uh, when this podcast will actually be out, the first ever one, as well as our next ones, and also. Um, our guest mixes and any other general UK garage news. So thank you very much for everyone who's uh, listened and joined us today and we'll see you in the next one. Goodbye.